1: The Dolphins are looking to get back on the horse against the New York Jets in week 15, their latest pursuit of win number 10 this season. We're joined by John Butchko of Locked On Jets here on this crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Network.
2: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: It is Thursday here on the Locked On Network, and you know what that means. It's time for another crossover episode, and we have an AFC East matchup this week between Locked On Dolphins and Locked On Jets. I'm Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, joined by John Buchko of Locked On Jets for our second crossover of this season and the second in just a few weeks. There's been some things that have changed for both of these teams since the last time that they played each other. So we're going to get you filled in on everything you need ahead of the week 15 clash between these AFC East rivals. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL in all over case for a first deposit match of up to $100. John, been a minute, but not too long. How are you doing?
0: Doing well. Um, these teams haven't played yet this year, right? Uh, I feel like I may have blocked out that first game based on you know what happened on Black Friday.
1: Yeah, it's uh it, it's certainly I, I appreciate the fact though, even though it's only been a couple of weeks, there are a number of storylines for both of these teams that are fresh and new. And the Dolphins getting a different starting quarterback, and, and I think that's that's probably where it starts off of the performance that Zach Wilson put on display last week against Houston and a big home win. So is that how does that Zach Wilson performance kind of have everybody buzzing right now about the Jets? I
0: think more than anything, it just kind of takes some of the pressure off. There's been so much negativity around this team. They were on a five game losing streak heading into that game against Houston. Zach Wilson, once again, had been benched. I mean, I think it's like the fourth time in the last calendar year he he was benched. uh, It was heading into that Black Friday game. You know, they benched him twice last year. Over the offseason, they traded for Aaron Rodgers, which, of course, relegated him to the bench, and then Rodgers gets hurt, so he goes back in the lineup. Um, you know, Zach Wilson's career, a uh, future with the Jets is very much up in the air right now, but at least now there's something positive to talk about. At least now it's not overwhelming negativity. Um, you know, in New York, the re- reactions tend to be overreactions. Uh, you know, now there's talk, is, are the Jets going to pick up Zach Wilson's fifth-year option? Is Zach Wilson now the quarterback of the future? I mean... <laughs> You know, a week ago, he was you know he was never going to play for the Jets again after this season. Um, I think everybody needs to relax a little bit, but at least now you feel like the—it the, was a release, I think, more than anything. Where there's no more talk, at least for one week, about the negativity around the team. It, 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 it everything just, everything just feels better after a win. You know, Bill Parcells. Great coach who coached the Jets for three years and then you know, ran the Dolphins for a couple of years. You know, I think he had a saying: "Winning is a great deodorant." This Jets team still has a lot of issues. This Jets team still not going to make the playoffs, but for one week, he can at least really feel good around
1: around the the facility. Well, and you talk about overreactions. Uh, this past game for Miami is the one that everybody's trying to forget and has prompted some strong overreactions from the Dolphins fan base as well. Of course, Dolphins on Monday Night Football. Uh, get two late turnovers and score two touchdowns in a minute of game clock in the final six minutes to go up 14 points and proceed to give up 15 points in the final three minutes and 30 seconds to lose to the Titans, a five and eight Titans football team. The Dolphins with a chance to win that football game, go back into the number one seed in the AFC conference. And instead they're nine and four and kind of looking over their shoulder at the playoff field. And uh, there's, the stench of last year's five-game losing skid that the Dolphins endured, where they were eight and three, they came out of the bye, they had a week eleven bye, they won against the Texans, and then lost their next five football games to fall to eight and eight from eight and three. And Dolphins fans have just kind of been predisposed; these are two long-suffering fan bases, so I know you can sympathize with this as well, John. But just the the knee-jerk reaction is up. Here we go again, and so it begins. Colossal collapsed by the dolphins in prime time. And, uh, then you look at the remaining strength of schedule where they got the Cowboys and the Ravens and the bills who have had so much success against this team. Uh, I I do think this is a big bounce back opportunity for the dolphins, but, uh, everybody's kind of anxiously awaiting to see how this team responds to that late collapse. And, And I think there were some players, um, who kind of came out after the game and said we took our foot off the gas. Bradley Chubb was one of them. There were some commu- some communication breakdowns that uh, Mike McDaniel alluded to in the back-, back end of the defense that helped contribute to that. Uh, the Dolphins had Deshaun Elliott go out with injuries right around the time that Tennessee ended up getting 150 yards and two touchdowns in their final two possessions in the final four minutes. Uh, so it, a lot of compounding factors. The Dolphins offense did not play great. They're a little banged up on both sides of the ball. It really kind of has kind of this extra level of anticipation coming into the Jets game, just because I think a lot of Dolphins fans recognize this is a big opportunity to bounce back and showcase that this is not the same old Dolphins, which is where everybody's mind, unfortunately, goes.
0: Yeah. And from an outsider perspective, I mean, you lose bad games. Every year. I mean, there's always like one or two games where you look back on and you say that's a horrible loss. I mean, Dolphins just happened to have one of theirs Monday night. So from an outsider perspective, I wouldn't be super worried about you know how they lost that game. I guess the thing I would worry about a little bit though is it seems like they were a little banged up in that game. Do you have any injury updates on,
1: on the Dolphins heading into this one? Yeah, so I would not expect to see Robert Hunt, the right guard. Uh Connor Williams tears his ACL against the Titans. He goes on IR. The Dolphins add two center eligible players, and they had an approximation for Wednesday's injury report that included uh, the backup center. Liam Eikenberg listed as a non-participant with a calf injury. So who knows what his status is? The fact that they added two, they added Jonathan Harrison, uh, who was most recently with the Falcons, and then they added Matt Skura to the practice squad. Doesn't give you a lot of warm and fuzzies uh, about that situation. I I definitely look to the offensive line. Uh, I do think Deshaun Elliott, the safety who left late in the game and his absence helped contribute to those miscommunications down the stretch. Uh, He has a rib injury and is in concussion protocol. So I would expect he's probably not going to get turned around on a short week to get ready to play the Jets. Uh, The Dolphins are hopeful to get Javon Holland back. Javon Holland, they have not seen since the Black Friday game against the Jets. He got injured late in that game. Uh, He came out at the beginning of this week and said he's been dealing with two sprained MCLs uh, just based on a tackle attempt and how he got landed on on that turf at at MetLife. And um, his return would be huge if the Dolphins have to run out there with two backup safeties. Uh, I would say that's probably a bigger issue for them than the interior offensive line injuries, I'd expect you probably see Teron Armstead this week. I expect you probably see some of the vet rest guys. Tyreek Hill got banged up. I think he'll probably be on a snap count, but I expect him to play uh, because he came back and and finished that game and looked good in doing so and still made some plays. So, yeah, Miami's, you know, this is a little bit more of a survival game uh, as far as if they're going to win the football game it's probably going to have to be ugly, and they have showcased at times that they can win ugly. The Raiders game was an example of that. It looked like they were going to win the Titans game ugly, but you're going to play a full 60 minutes.
0: Yeah, and I think when the Jets win this year, I mean, aside from what you saw this past Sunday, when the Jets win, it's typically ugly. Typically, it's a low-scoring yeah. game. Typically, it's the Jets defense able to hold the other team down, and You know, part of that is the Jets have dealt with their own injuries this year. I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers is storyline number one when it comes to that. But Jets have had, I believe it's 10 different offensive line alignments in 13 games. They've been, uh, I mean, injuries happen on the offensive line, obviously. You know, guy rolls the wrong way, you know, you, you... it can, it, can, it can cause an injury it can cause problems but Jets have been really banked up and I think one of the one of the reasons I, I feel like the offensive success the Jets may have had on Sunday against Houston where they scored 30 points and a half this is a jets offense that you know hadn't been hadn't gotten to the end zone twice since week four prior to this past Sunday uh puts up 30 points and a half but the offensive line was still not very good in that game. I think there was a lot of Zach Wilson making impressive plays. I think you know there were a couple times he, he evaded pressure. Uh, a couple they did a good job drawing up plays to get the ball out of his hands quickly. But this Jets team, I, I don't think you can count on them to put up 30 points ever again this season. I think that you know maybe they won't be as bad as they looked as they looked at the five games heading into this heading into last week. But offensive line remains an issue. I mean, it, it Kyle, like I, I host a daily podcast on the Jets and the guy they started at right guard uh, Jake Hansen this was a guy i didn't really know prior to like saturday of last week i mean that, that shows you the state of this offensive line where there's pulling guys in left and right off the street so you know i think this is looking like i, I think this is an ugly game you know it's i mean you let the promo bon- the, the promo on the networks want to hear jets dolphins it's going to be ugly
1: <laughs> yeah and i think that i think the game total for this over on fanduel is like 37 and a half points so they're not expecting a ton of points either um, oh, he here, here's, the
0: be- here's the best thing, Kyle, is that last week the over under, I think it was 33, and the Jets and Texans are scoreless at the half. And it's a horrible, the weather's horrible. It's <laughs> raining, it's it windy. And I remember saying, like, you got to feel pretty good. You took the under and then the over one because the Jets put up 30 points in hits. the second half.
1: And you never know. Uh, we'll see what the weather holds for, for South Florida. Uh, it can get wet, although it won't probably be hot and it won't be cold and wet like it was at MetLife last week. Uh, for that Jets' big win against the Texans. Uh, We're going to talk about some matchups to watch in this contest up next here on this Crossover Thursday episode here on the Locked On Network. Stick with us. Today's Crossover Thursday is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself this holiday season, and the holidays are a great time to start doing exactly that So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself during the tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with licensed therapists, and you could switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need, with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash So, John, uh, matchups to watch. We've both alluded to offensive line injuries that don't give you the warm and fuzzies. Uh, I guess I would ask you I saw a couple Jets defensive linemen, whether it's Franklin Myers or Solomon Thomas, who were on the injury report as do not participate or non participants on Wednesday's injury report for the Jets. Uh, What is their status? Because I think that can be potentially. Uh, a matchup that goes in favor of the Jets against the interior offensive line of the Dolphins with how banged up they are.
0: Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think that you know, when we're talking about Jets' interior offensive, defensive lineman, it's uh, Quinnen Williams is the guy, and you know he's not putting up the numbers he did last year, but he's having a season that's almost as good, you know, even if the stats don't reflect that. Um so the spot next to him has been kind of an issue all season long. Quinton Quinter Jefferson's put up a couple sacks. He's been okay. Uh Solomon Thomas is pro- producing a relatively higher level than he has the rest of his career, but I still think the interior defensive line is all about Quinn and Williams. In fact, that would probably would be one of the matchups I look at, you know, we you mentioned Liam Eikenberg, You know his status might be up in the air. I was going to say Quinnen Williams versus Eikenberg and the rest of the Miami interior offensive line. I mean that that's a spot I'm looking at because again, going back to what we said, what we just said this. If this if Jets are going to win this game, the Jets are going to stay in this game. It's got to be ugly, and I think a lot of that would depend on Quinnen Williams, uh, you know, playing really well up front. Uh, Franklin Myers actually, believe it or not, Franklin Myers actually plays a lot on the edge. He plays a lot of defensive end. And that is an area where I do think the Jets have good depth. Uh, Jermaine Johnson's stepped up his second season. He was a first-round pick a year ago who was kind of a rotational guy last season, and he's developed into a quality full-time starter this year. He's a three-down guy. He can play the run. He can get after the quarterback. And the Jets also have Bryce Huff, who on a uh, snap-by-snap basis is one of the most productive pass rushers in the NFL. I mean, he's he's great at generating pressures. The Jets used him primarily as like a third down specialist last year, but he stepped into a bigger role this season. So the one advantage, the one thing the Jets do have on the defense, they have a lot of defensive line depth. And it's a philosophical thing with Robert Sala. He likes to rotate guys in and out. He likes to keep the guys fresh. So they've really invested on the defensive line. So yeah, we'll see whether these guys are able to play, but I do think the Jets, the Jets have a lot of quality on the defensive line. So I think like one or two injuries may not impact them as much as, as they might another team.
1: Uh, uh, what about from your perspective, a matchup that really stands out? Um, uh, elsewhere, maybe outside the trenches? who knows?
0: Yeah, I'm actually, I, I don't do this uh, ever, but like, I think like the, the coaching staffs are, are interesting to me. I'm looking at Nathaniel Hackett versus Vic Fangio. Um, Hackett's not been good this year. I've been very critical of him. In fact, Kyle, if you like turn on any random episode of Locked on Judd's Odds, are there's a rant about me about Nathaniel Hackett, the way he's running his offense, but last week. I thought was an improvement Uh, the Jets ran Jets used pre-snap motion more frequently. You saw that that helped Zach Wilson identify some keys and coverage and kind of helped him with his pre-snap reads and get the ball out quickly. Uh, The other thing is, and this was really a second half thing and maybe it was due to the weather getting a little bit better in the, in the second half, but they were more aggressive on their first down play calls Um, prior to halftime. If you take out a kneel down, the Jets had to run out the clock in the first half, the Jets ran the ball seven times out of 10 on first down. In the second half, before the game got out of hand, when it was within two scores, there were 11 uh, passing plays called versus six rushing attempts. Now, there were a couple of Zach Wilson scrambles that uh, you know kind of mess with the true run-pass ratio, but they were more aggressive in their play calling on first down. And that's been an issue because the Jets have been very predictable on first down this year. Uh, lots of times they're slamming the ball into a loaded box. And, you know, I I mean, if you listen to some of the announcers who call the games, I mean, Tony Romo has been on this when uh, Nance and Romo have had Jets games this year. He talks about how the Jets need to throw the ball on first down. You know, you need to throw it when the other team is expecting run. Nathaniel Hackett's best game. I thought uh, the game against the Texans was Nathaniel Hackett's best game since uh, the Jets lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. And in that game, he was he was also very aggressive. The week after, the next week after the Kansas City game, they kind of went into a shell against the Denver Broncos, and they put up a lot of points. But in the second half, they got very conservative, and I think they left Denver in the game. I think that they they were settling for field goals. Um, so I think like Hackett has to remain aggressive, and he's going up against Vic Fangio, who I've always had a lot of respect for. I've always thought is one of the best defensive minds in the in the game, and I think it's not an accident. And I know. I know you can like fall into the trap of saying, well, if it works, that must mean the play caller is good. If it doesn't work, it means the play caller is bad. But I do think Hackett's most aggressive games have coincided with Zach Wilson performing his best this season. So I'm looking for Hackett. I'm looking at what Hackett does against Vic Fangio, who I think is a great defensive mind.
1: I I look to the Dolphins running game uh, on the perimeter as another area and specifically the skill players. Uh, I think that's an area for Miami's there's, they've had some issues in some of the games that they've played this season when they try to run crack toss or get outside and they've, they're asking these wide receivers and skill players to crack down on the defensive linemen to get up on top of linebackers and help create the wall and seal. And when you have the speed that the jets have with Quincy uh, Wilson and, and with CJ Mosley, they can, or Quincy Williams, excuse me, they can really fly around and take some angles away from you. And then they do have these big bodied guys on the edge, be it Franklin Myers or Jermaine Johnson, who's obviously very explosive in his own right. So I don't feel great about Miami's ability to run the ball between the tackles against this group, just because if I Merck doesn't play your centers, probably Lester cotton, who's your never taken snaps in an NFL game as a center. That makes Rob Jones, who was on IR the first time these teams played, one of your guards, your other guard. It depends on if Teron Armstead's back, and then they move. They may move Kendall Lamb inside and play him at one of the guard spots. They may elevate Ryan Hayes off the practice. Like, there's a whole lot of unknowns as far as if Eichenberg can't go, what that interior is going to look like because it doesn't sound like Robert Hunt's going to be able to go for them, who's arguably their best offensive lineman. So, You're going to have to win on the edge. I don't think you can slam up into this group with the linebackers that they have and with Quentin Williams on the interior and have a lot of success. So how do those skill players successfully secure those blocks? And if they're going to have success in this game running the ball and they put up a lot of rushing yards the first time these two teams played each other, it was 167 yards, so they had some ability to move the ball. It's going to have to come I think from the skill group on the outside with their blocks, as compared to this makeshift makeshift interior offensive line that we've talked so much about.
0: Yeah. And I think jets fans feel, feel your pain. As I mentioned, I think there've been 11, I'm sorry, 10 different uh, iterations of the jets offensive line. They've had to mix guys up every single week. It certainly makes things tougher. And, you know, every week we I, I feel like every week on on the crossover shows, you know, we, we talk about it. This Jets defense is very tough against the pass. Uh they have a lot of good pass rushers, uh really great group of corners, but they're not quite as good against the run. They they do have quality linebackers, they have quality interior defensive uh linemen, but they are they can be susceptible against the run, and I think especially the outside run. So I, I think that that's a really I think it's a really uh, smart place to look because uh, I think that that could be an area where the Jets are
1: susceptible in this one. We'll talk a little bit more about keys to victory next here on this crossover Thursday. Appreciate you guys checking us out and stick with us. As the weather gets colder, the deals stay hot over for FanDuel. In their NFL sports book right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if the team that you pick wins straight up on the money line, regardless of the odds. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get started and to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. They have a variety and wide range of ways for you to place bets, whether that is the spread, player props, over, unders, game totals, money line, and more. So visit fanDuel.com/slash locked on and keep your NFL season hot as the season and season outside gets cool. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
1: So aside of turnover differential, we kind of went into the coaching staffs a little bit. If we're expecting an ugly game or an uglier game, keys to victory for the Jets. What What's the big, the one big thing for you, John?
0: I think somebody other than Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall needs to step up on this offense. Um, Jets have two quality young players and, you know, you watch, if you watch the Jets over the last decade, having two quality young players is an unusual thing. Uh, the Jets' offense typically has not had many pieces. Um, they've gotten a lot of contributions out of Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall this year. They're both having excellent seasons. Now, the last couple of weeks with the offensive line issues, Hall has not been as effective as a runner. In fact, his numbers of, his numbers rushing have not been good, but he's been effective as a receiver and when the Jets get him the ball in space, he can still make big plays. But after those two, the Jets have not really had quality, quality contributions. Last week, part of the reason they scored 30 points in the second half was they finally had some guys step up, and it was at the tight end position. Tyler Conklin made a couple of catches in traffic, especially on, on key downs. Uh, Jeremy Ruckert, second-year guy out of Ohio State, also chipped in three catches, and then they also got contributions from role. So a couple of role players made big plays. Uh, Xavier Gibson scored on a little end around. Uh, in the red zone, Randall Cobb, who has been an invisible man all season long, uh, reemerged. He actually had a catch, which is his fourth catch all season. Uh, you know, Randall Cobb was, was a really good player for a long time for Green Bay, only on this team because he's Aaron Rodgers' friend. And again, going into last week, only had three catches. Had a catch in the red zone that he took into the end zone for a touchdown. So. I don't know who it's going to be this week, but somebody from the Jets has to step up. They can't just have two guys, two skilled guys who produce for them. There has to be contributions from supporting players, and some, sometimes you just need contributions from role players, like a player two here from role players like Cobb and Gibson. Will Alan Lazard finally produce for the Jets You know, during that first meeting, which I have blocked out from my memory? Lazard was a healthy scratch. He's been an enormous disappointment. As a free agent, um, you know, in, in in the Jets' offensive outburst last week, he had zero catches and one penalty. Uh, so maybe Alan Lazard's the guy who steps up this week. But the Jets just need Jets need to continue to get contributions outside of their big two.
1: And and for me, I, I think one thing that's going to be really important. And they did not connect on their attempt at doing this uh, against the Titans on Monday Night Football, but they hit a couple of these kinds of plays. Against the Commanders on third down, they hit two of these shots down the field against the Jets the first time that they played. Jalen Waddle got one on Sauce Gardner, and Tyreek Hill got the other on the opening possession of the game, another third down play from the slot against D.J. Reed, And I think with the Dolphins have their opportunities to identify some man coverage, they are going to have to hit a few in-rhythm shots over the top to make sure that the screws don't get too tight on the roof for the Jets, Uh, where, you know, if if you want to crowd the line of scrimmage, if you feel like they're not going to, you know, really uh, compress uh, and have a lot of success uh, pushing the ball down the field and the Jets want to compress and squeeze and get more bodies within the first 10 yards to help with run support and have an extra, that safety be able to run the alley and get out there and help on the edge, you got to be able to counter that selectively. And, and Miami had had success linking those up in their past few games. They only ran one of those, and it was to running back Devon Achan uh, against the Titans. And Achan kind of stacks his, his defender and he looks back, but he kind of slows down and then he has to flip the switch and run it again. And Tua did a really nice job hitting his back foot, hitching into the throw, and immediately releasing. And both of those plays that they hit against the Jets were in rhythm. Back foot in the ground, ball is out. The ball is up and down between 25 and 30 yards on shots down the field because you identified coverage. So for me, to help make sure you got the room that you need in the running game to get to the perimeter, you got to keep the safeties honest. You got to hit a couple plays up over the top and use the speed that you have, especially if Tyreek Hill is going to be a little limited with what kind of routes that he can run. Use him on that vertical plane and still force teams to respect his speed Force teams to respect Jalen Waddle's speed, and hopefully that gives you enough room and enough space to be able to have some consistency running the football this week.
0: And on those plays, I, one of the one of the things I'm going to be interested to see is whether the Jets try and match Sauce Gardner with Tyreek Hill a, a little bit more. Um, you know, the Jets are mm-hmm. not a team that typically shadows uh, one corner with one receiver. Uh, usually, it's Sauce Gardner goes to the left, DJ Reed goes to the right and you'll know, they'll do it a little bit more on third down on obvious passing downs when you'll see more man coverage but jets typically just have their corners play, play on side i think there were a couple of the first meeting when the dolphins got Tyreek Hill matched up against DJ Reed and DJ Reed's an excellent corner i think part of the reason the jets approach it this way is they trust DJ Reed against pretty much any receiver in the nfl but this might be like one of the few exceptions this might be one of the few cases where you want to make sure Sauce Gardner stays with Tyreek Hill most of the game and we'll see whether the Jets make that adjustment in this one. I'll be interested to see, to see how they approach that.
1: There are a lot of interesting storylines. It's always great to play a team twice because it gives you a whole new evaluation lens to put both of these teams through the Jets trying to work back towards 500 here in the final stretch of the season, the dolphins trying to hit double digit wins and take another step closer to potentially clinching a playoff berth, and potentially clinching the AFC East in the weeks ahead. So make sure you tune in on Sunday for Dolphins Jets 2.0 this season. We look forward to bringing you all of the post-game coverage. John will have you covered for Locked on Jets. I will have you covered for Locked on Dolphins. We appreciate you guys for checking out this crossover Thursday and check out all of the great shows that we have here on the Locked on Network. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.